Who is the wide receiver to own in Arizona now? Is one NFC East running back about to break down under his new workload? And what are you supposed to do with one polarizing day two NFL draft wideout? Plus, 10-time FFPC league champion Fran Chinnick joins us to break down his drafts this season, how to handle the New England Patriots backfield this year, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Rob, and greetings and salutations to all of you, Balkaholics and Ferelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss whether one NFC East running back has now become the most undervalued he's ever been in FFPC drafts for his entire career and 10-time FFPC league winner Fran Shinnick swings in for multiple conversations involving Jameer Gibbs, the Jets' tight ends, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at Hour at Eric Balkman, and of course, learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash hsffhour. You can email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. So if you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails, and more coming up in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and our producer, and mutual friend Rob. You can win $1 million in the Fantasy Pros Championship this year at myffpc.com. The entry, just $350. Ah, yes, it's a beautiful thing, as Jimmy Fallon's impersonation of Robin Williams on SNL would say. If you register by June 1st uh, and draft by June 15th, you're going to get a free $35 lead credit, and you can get up to three of those. So if you register for three FP, uh, Fantasy Pros Championships and you draft them all before June 15th, you are going to get a free $105 added to your FFPC League account. Remember, you can register for Dynasty Startup Traps at MyFFPC.com. $100 level all the way up to the $5,000 level. We have a price point, a budget, a league, a format for you at MyFFPC.com. 1,300-plus Dynasty Leagues for the last decade. Not a single one has ever folded. This is the place you want to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. You win $200,000 in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament, or you want to plunk down just $35, you can win a $50,000 grand prize in the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament. Plenty of slow live and sit-and-go best ball drafts going on at myffpc.com right now for as little as $5. You got 5 bucks? We got a league for you. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, and this is probably most crucial, we are basically a little bit less than five days away from the 2023 FFPC main event early bird promotion deadline. What that means is you have a little bit less than five days to register your teams for the FFPC main event. 
And if you put a deposit down on it, you pay them in full, whatever, you will be entered into the 2023 FFPC Pros versus Joes drawing. That means if you get selected, you'll be one of the 42 lucky Joes to take on the 42 industry pros in the 2023 version of the competition. There will be seven 12-team leagues. The champion of each of those leagues will win a free complimentary entry into the 2024 main event where you can uh, compete for $1 million. So just think about that. You get you sign up for the main event this year. You get selected uh, in the FFPC Pros versus Joes. You beat everybody in your league, and then you're in the 2024 main event for free, and you might win a million bucks, and it didn't cost you a thing. So register now, myffpc.com, for those FFPC main event. Uh, remember, the early bird promotion will die in about four days. You can save 100 bucks on your first team. That's the other thing, too. You can save $100 on your first team if you register by then. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on this video, share the video with your friends and enemies and your frenemies, and get notified every time we go live so you never miss any of the great content that we have at myffpc.com's YouTube channel, at FFPC Fantasy. Speaking of great content, let's go to one of the creators of that great content right now, kffsc.com boss. Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in tonight, man. The last show of May. Can you believe that our next show we do will be... Oh, no, I take that back. We are doing a Wednesday show next week, so it's our second to last show in May. I've been missing in action for several of the shows during May, and Bonky, you have done an exemplary job. I'd like to give a shout-out to my uh, good friend Justin McCord, plays as When I Move, You Move. Uh, Justin came over here and got my tech th issues uh, straightened out. Um, love and best wishes to Drew and Josh Maselli mm -hmm. and our good friend John Anderson, this uh, who started his Memorial Day weekend uh, with getting a stent put into an artery this morning. And he's uh, but he's told me he'll be listening to the podcast. So good. and I told him probably, you know, his heart problems are probably related to being a lifelong Cleveland Brown fan. But that's a whole nother thing. And Balky, your beard is magnificent. I am glad that you are a married man because I can. I can envision lots of single women trying to live in there. That it's just, it's just, you're just looking great, man. Well, thank you. And and listen, it's a big beard. Who's to say they're not living in here right now? Well, be careful, buddy. Be careful. Yeah, I know. Don't I, know. Yourself in trouble. I, I, I have to clean it several times a day. So thank you, Farrell, uh, for that uh, warning and for those kind words about my facial hair. I certainly appreciate it. Just when you think we're going to have a boring show, not a lot of news coming out, what happens this afternoon? The Arizona Cardinals have parted ways. With one DeAndre Hopkins, 64 catches last year for 717 yards and three touchdowns. Remember, in just nine starts, that PED suspension kept him out for the first month and a half of the season. Cardinals trying to trade him. They couldn't find a taker, even though his, his cap number, and I know it's kind of high, but $29 million for a guy of DeAndre Hopkins' ilk. It's a little bit surprising they couldn't get anything for him. Uh, Hopkins is going to be able to pick his next team, essentially. Will it be Tennessee, New England, Kansas City, Buffalo? There's a lot of teams out there. We do know that Kansas City had contacted Arizona prior to the NFL draft about potentially acquiring DeAndre Hopkins in a trade. I don't want to necessarily be jumping to conclusions of where he is going to be tonight. What I do want to talk about, however, is the existing Arizona Cardinals receivers here. Free agency is basically done. The NFL draft is done. We know that they're going to go to bat with um, three pretty talented guys in Marquise Brown, um, uh, Rondell Moore, and then Michael Wilson. I think those are the three guys. And yes, I know Greg Dorch is still there as well. We saw a lot of him last year. I don't want to give him short trip, but he'll be he'll be on the team as well. Farrell, are, are you seeing any value here in, in drafts with, with these Cardinals receivers? I can tell you that 
in the uh, FFPC best ball tournament. Um, as I, I don't know, I think this was today. I could be wrong, but Marquise Brown went as high as the 704 um, in, in the last week. He's wide receiver 39 on average. He's obviously going to be jumping up there. Obviously, Rondale Moore, I mentioned Michael Wilson, the rookie out of Stanford, I mentioned as well. Who are, who are the values that we need to be paying attention to as far as the Cardinals receivers go now that we pretty much know these are going to be the guys this season? And we're not allowed to talk about where Hopkins is going. We can say that he is going. He is going to Kansas City. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. Is Farrell Elliott breaking news right now? No. This is just speculation. That's what I think. And, you know, this is – everybody knew this breakup was coming. Uh, Arizona doesn't know necessarily how to make a deal. The longer you go with the player on your roster and his team's clear space, you get more people that could move in the space to make a deal – they didn't make the deal. They said goodbye to the player. And I can understand that they're not serious about winning this year. So, yeah. but they do have some opportunities with fantasy football. You want to talk about the receiver on this team that I want, and you mentioned three, then you threw in the one that I want late. And I was in, in ambivalent about this player last year. It's Greg Dorch. When everyone was hurting, he started the season seven catches, four catches, nine catches. Everybody came back. He went to the bench. Everybody started hurting again. Uh, He caught nine against the Niners. He caught 10 against Tampa. He gets good yardage. He runs with the ball. I've learned to appreciate this player's skills, uh, even though he does come in a small package. Your quarterback here, the the, the college connection with Hollywood Brown and, you know, the the issues they've had, injuries at wide receivers. Hollywood Brown has difficulty staying healthy himself. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and that's one of the things that as you feature him as a number one guy in in this offense where he's got to, He's got to create, and and he's whether it is a uh, whether it is Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy, while they're busy running for their lives uh, to to find a, a safe place to pass in this type of offense, uh, the checkdown guy and the uh, the guy in the flat is Greg Dortch. I think he catches a lot of balls, and you don't have to pay anything for him. Uh, you want to talk about the other two guys that are there, uh, Rondell Moore. I'm going to let you get to that in a second. I do want to point out the Dizzle already chiming in. He agrees with your call on Greg Dorch. There have been 16 FFPC best ball tournaments uh, drafts go off over the last seven days. Greg Dorch has only been taken in one of them, and it was at the 2011. He is the definition of free in drafts right now. Keep that in mind, kids. When you go forward and you're trying to think of these guys, you get these spike weeks. Greg Dorch seems like a possession guy, but think about what he did last year. That possession quality that he possesses on the Arizona Cardinals was awesome for you when you deployed him last year, especially in best ball league. So I think that makes a lot of sense here. If you want to comment on Rondale Moore and Michael Wilson, I'd love to hear it. They can't seem to get the same thing they get out of Dorch from Moore, which which surprises me. And then um, Michael Wilson, I like another injury issue player, another guy that does not fit the mold of these other guys. He's six foot one, but he's modest speed, four, six, 40 guy. Uh, he knows how to get open. He's a physical receiver. I don't think that necessarily as a rookie receiver in this type of team uh, is going to work. Let's move to the tight ends. Ertz and McBride together, um, whichever one uh, gets the nod, uh, both of them in this system I think could uh, be worthy fantasy picks. But, yeah, I I, I was not interested in Dorch when he was the waiver wire pickup candidate early in the season last year. He's made a believer out of me, and in this situation, he's the guy I want to go with. Let's let everybody else pick Hollywood Brown as he moves up. And, and Hollywood will have some, some good games. 
Yeah, he definitely will. And I think the Cardinals tight ends, it's a good thing that you brought those up too, because I think they're going to have some good games. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised they're going as low as they are right now in the FFPC best ball tournament ADP, which I'm citing tonight. Thanks to fantasy mojo, Darren Armani, the godfather of the FFPC pros versus Joe's challenge. You follow him on Twitter at fantasy mojo. If you're playing in the FFPC, I strongly encourage you to check out his website, fantasymojo.com, to help you out there. Over the last week, Trey McBride, tight end 25. In the wow. early 15th round, Zach Ertz, even lower, tight end 33 at the 17-18 turn. Farrell, I don't think that you would encourage people in the FFPC best ball tournament to grab both of these players, but you would encourage them to grab at least one. Is it McBride for you, or is it just kind of like since they're going so close, maybe some McBride here, maybe some Ertz here? Is McBride now, it's Ertz once the, once the season starts, once the preseason starts, and even when camp starts, we see how he's moving and how he's doing. Ertz is a, a known quantity. McBride was the number one tight end on my book in the draft last year. He continues to be a force. Both these players are are, are good players for what they're going to try to do uh, in uh, in Arizona. I think uh, when we do our show on Wednesday, we're going to have some more concrete ADP data after the Hopkins release, and, and we're going to find out. We're going to have a better handle of where the FFPC high-stakes players are valuing these receivers and tight ends. Moving on to some news out of Denver from Nick Kosmider, who covers the Denver Broncos. Sean Payton said that Javante Williams is practicing at OTAs, but in a limited capacity. He was participating in a walkthrough. Hard to believe that he would be fully healthy, as I don't think he is fully healthy after shredding that knee last year. But he is dressed up. He's on the field. And he's actively working. We will find out what's going on with him later on in August. However, for anybody drafting Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan and those other Denver running backs right now, you do not have that luxury. Now is the time to strike early. Is it time to strike early on Javante Williams on this news, given that he's fallen all the way to running back 28 at the 7-10 right now, Farrell? He is going behind the likes of Isaiah Pacheco, David Montgomery, and James Conner. You can make a case for it, especially if you like gambling on top-rated running backs who are injured and their ability to come back. What you're gambling on, is he going to be ready for week one? I feel a lot better if I know that he's going to be ready, if he's going to be available for week one. We're dealing with a 12-week season in the FFPC, and when you've got a player drafted in the seventh round that is not going to be available week one, you're already you're already putting yourself in danger. Now, if you could come up with a build and a plan to add Samaje Ryan, we've talked about Ryan. We talked a little bit of him last week before my tech issues moved me off of the, uh, off of the, uh, the show. But, um, you know, we, we've always liked Ryan on this show and he, he's proven that he can be a, a pass catching back and he's proven that he can do a lot of things. And, you know, there's, there's um, the, the new head coach here uh, in Denver uses a variety of running backs in a variety of interesting situations. So, yeah, I, I, I believe in Javante Williams in the seventh round. I, can you tell me where Brees Hall is going? I absolutely can, Farrell, because I love you and you're uh, you're like a son to me. So, yes, I will tell you. <laughs> Reese Hall, running back 10 right now at the 303, right behind Tony Pollard and Derrick Henry, right ahead of Ramondre Stevenson and Jameer Gibbs. You know, so I guess if I'm going to gamble on a uh, injured running back, I would probably want to take Hall. But okay. still, uh, those two players shouldn't be that far apart from third to seventh round. I yeah, it's, we'll have to see how this works out. But look, when Williams gets healthy, and I believe in the medical staff at the Denver Broncos, they're an excellent medical, uh, medical staff. Um, 
I think we're going to be just fine with this player. You've just got to make sure that, hey, if you're going to go with him in the seventh round, you better go one extra running back somewhere to be yeah. ready for the first few weeks. That's good advice. That's good advice for sure. We got 10-time FFPC uh, league champion Fran Chinnick coming up in just a minute. Before we do, I do want to get to one more thing here. Michael Gelkin, who covers uh, the Dallas Cowboys, said that Mike McCarthy stated Tony Pollard has been able to participate in OTAs. He broke his fibula, if you remember, in the NFC Divisional round when the Cowboys were taking on the 49ers. He's expected to be ready for training camp. And as of right now, no Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Farrell, I, I, I don't think I brought this up with you last week. I, I was talking to some high-stakes players, and actually Ryan McDowell on the High-Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network last night. I brought this up to him, and I hadn't really considered this before. We have talked about Pollard being the best running back in that backfield for the last couple of years, but now that he does that, have that expanded role, is that expanded role going to sap him and prevent him from doing what he does so well because he's always had an Elliott-type guy in the backfield. Um, and, and he doesn't have that right now. A lot of time between now and training camp, the Cowboys could obviously add somebody, but should be wa- be wary of a heavier workload for Pollard because he is being drafted as if he is going to have a much heavier workload running back eight at the 209 right now. Uh, we're in a situation with this player um, where what we would – what we've talked about on the show many, many times, it's difficult being the guy. It's an easier job supporting the guy or being one of two guys and being in that committee. And you're right. And and but and I think the Dallas Cowboys know that better than anyone. And they like what this player does. And I don't think his role is going to change a lot. You, you asked me last year because of getting Pollard in the seventh round. You asked me, did I see this to be the year? that he was going to supplant Zeke. And my answer was absolutely not. This was mm-hmm. 2022, but I, you know, he's great value with what he's going to do at this at, as a seventh round running back. And then those teams that I had him on, I was very glad to have him, but now the, this, let, okay. This player is not going to be Austin Eckler. This he's not, right. he's not going to be that player. And it, you know, they're, Look, right now, Deuce Vaughn, Ronald Jones, those aren't the guys that are going to threaten him for time. We're yet to see who they're going to uh, going to sign, and uh, perhaps it's Zeke, perhaps it's somebody else, perhaps it's two guys. There's a lot of free agent running backs that are out there that can come in and contribute here. Maybe even some, believe it or not, from the XFL and the USFL. So this is going to be a mixed bag. Uh, I wouldn't spend a second-round draft pick on Paul. I uh, want to get to our uh, to our, our guest t- uh, here tonight. He's been very patiently waiting here. I want to bring him in. He's a winner of 10 FFPC leagues, including the main event, the Fantasy Pros Championship, Dynasty Leagues, and best ball formats with the FFPC. He's here to break down all of his uh, leagues that he's drafted in so far this season. You probably already follow him on Twitter, at F. Shinnick. If you don't, follow him on Twitter, at F. Shinnick. Please welcome in. For the very first time, Fran Shinnick. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you, Fran. Thank you so much for joining the show. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I, I'm honored. I've, uh, I listen to uh, both of you, uh, and uh, you do a great show, and uh, I feel honored to be here. Thank well, that's you. great. We're, we're glad to hear that. Thank you so much for the kind words, Fran. I did not, at least I don't remember getting this information from you off air. You've obviously been very successful playing in the FFPC in a variety of formats. How are you spending your time? Are you a working man? What are you doing to spend your time when you're not winning all these leagues? Yeah, I, I'm still working. I'm uh, I'm an IT uh, infrastructure engineer. I work, uh, I manage compute and storage for uh, virtualized environments, VM, oh, VMware, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, I like that. Something I know nothing about, Farrell. So let's move well, on to fantasy know, football. <laughs> we got lots of pals that live in a virtualized environment. Yeah. I, yeah, that's I, I, true. And now you come out of your virtualized uh, environment to draft live uh, at Planet Hollywood in the FFPC. Brand, do you join us out there live or do you play online? How, how do you play your fantasy football? It's, it's mostly online. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, I, it's on my bucket list to get to Vegas, but uh, I haven't haven't got there yet. I, and Kentucky's on my uh, mm-hmm. on my list as well. Where would so, you be traveling from? Uh, Massachusetts. Okay, I'm a, hey, a long suffering Patriots fan. Hey, you know? we have new nonstop service from Boston to yeah. Louisville via Southwest Airlines, and I'll pick you up at the airport. <laughs> and I know you thing? will. I know you will. It's a bulk. I want okay. Since Fran is the long-suffering Patriots, fan. yeah. What's that like? <laughs> yeah. I, God, you know, you know, it's just it's been a rough ride for you guys you know, these last. 20 if you years. don't, if you yeah. don't win a trophy, you know, guys, it's just such suffering going on. Yeah. It's just such. It's just, well, it's it's been a couple of years. So, uh, do you go it's, to it's the games not, there? I did. Uh, I did for for a long time. Not uh, not so much maybe towards the end, but I I did for for a long time. I. You know, I, I've been a fan since uh, since the mid '70s. Um, you know, uh, I I remember the name uh, the, the 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 Oakland Raiders in their snow game, and and I, I had to listen to that for for a long time. But I'm old enough to remember uh, 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 a divisional playoff game against the Raiders in '75, and the referee Ben Dreith taking that game away from us. We should oh. we should have won the Super Bowl that year. So uh, too bad. I, I I don't I don't feel bad for Raiders fans. Yeah, <laughs> Counselor Elliot, do you have a rebuttal here? Oh uh, well, you no, know, and you shouldn't, considering that you invested draft capital years and years ago in Jim Plunkett, and the Raiders made him into a super. Yes, yes, and that, yes, you know that's that's yes. a big one right there. Yeah. But I tell you what, you did. One of my favorite Canadians that came down to play college ball in, in the United States is one Ramondre Stevenson, and I. Uh, I am a big fan, and I can tell you the reasons that I am a big fan of Ramondre Stevenson, but I'd like you to tell me what you think about him, and uh, I don't think there will be much rebuttal because I tend to think you agree with me. Oh, yeah, he's terrific. He is – he's the man. He, he, he uh, you know, he, he, he can run and, and he can catch. He's uh, – you know, what's not to like? I, I love Ramondre Stevenson. Well, there, there's a fallacy that everyone says, hey – you know, the, the, in New England, they have all these running backs and they mix it up and everything. Not anymore. And not in the ever since he clearly beat out Harris for the job. And now you got a new sheriff in town with Bill O'Brien. And I think he relies on on one back. You know, Stevenson last year, over a thousand yards on 210 carries. Magnificent uh, in catching the ball. So let me ask you this. Do you think he's got... 1,500 yards in him in this offense. Do you think he can actually improve on his catches? I know he can improve on his uh, receiving touchdowns. How high does this player go in the 2023 season with his production? Um, I think 1,500 yards is is, is possible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure that uh, that they're going to give him the ball that that much, I I do think he's going to be the man, but I just mm-hmm. I the way uh, Belichick likes to rotate backs in, uh, you know I I do, th- you know he's going to be the main man, but uh, I'm just uh, I'm not sure I'm not okay. sure he's going to be in there um, enough on third down. I, I you know I'm, 
I'm skeptical. Yeah, yeah, the catch is overcome that. Six games last year with less than 10 carries. I don't think we have any games this year with less than 10 carries. And, you know, he had two breakout games last year. I forget who they were against, but they were about the same, 160, 170 yards. You know, it would be very interesting to see if he had those kind of games again. But this is a steady Eddie player because he – He's he's going to maybe improve on those catches with this quarterback that that likes to uh, to basically check it down. So yeah, I, I will defer to you. But hey, I always feel good when I'm agreeing with a longtime Patriots fan because <laughs> you guys know about winning. I, I I do I do agree, but I I, I do want to mention that I I like Pierre Strong as a, as a late mm-hmm. uh, as a late best ball guy. I think I I just got a feeling about him that uh, he's uh, you know sort of following the James White uh, uh, track. Uh, I yeah. do think that and he's going to carry the ball 500 times. Right. He's yeah. not going to be in there. Every, he's not going to be in there every down. Yeah. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson last year, Farrell, uh, in a 29 nothing win, uh, October 9th at home against the Lions, 25 carries for 161 yards that game. Uh, and then the other one that you're referring to uh, against the Raiders, December 18th in Las Vegas. It was a 30-24 to 24 loss. However, Ramondre Stevenson, 19 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown that game as well. I want to tell you that Ramondre Stevenson going right now in FFPC best ball tournament drafts, running back 11 uh, over the last week. That's at the 304, right? Smash da- uh, smack dab between Brees Hall and Jameer Gibbs. Let's uh, keep it in the same division here. Uh, and we'll talk about the Bills running backs. Farrell always loves me talking about the Bills backfield on this show because I wedge it in once, sometimes twice per episode on this, friend. So uh, you have a, a thought on James Cook versus Damian Harris this year? I can tell you right now, you know, as before you answer that question, to let the listeners know, James Cook right now in, in the FFPC best ball tournament drafts, on average has uh, gone off as running back 30 at the 803. Damian Harris right now, is going off as running back, uh, let's see, this would have been running back 38 at the 10.06. Your thoughts on those two? Well, I like both of them. I I guess I would prefer James Cook, but uh, James Cook is going, uh, he's going in that eighth round, right around, and that's usually where, I'm I'm looking for a QB, and let, you know unless I get one of the one of, one of the big guys early, you know that's right around the time where I'm looking for a QB. So I don't I don't get too much of uh, James James Cook, but he would be the one I would prefer, um, you know, for the receptions. Um, but uh, I like I like Damian Harris. I certainly have a lot of him, uh, and you can get him, you know, two to four rounds later. Uh, there's two schools of thought. If if they do, if if you know they talk about not running Josh Allen into the ground, they can't keep running him as much as they have. Um, so you think that maybe uh, Damian Harris will get some good goal line looks? I'm not I'm not so sure about that when it uh, when it comes to scoring, but I do think that uh, they're going to encourage him to dump the ball off more, and uh, mm-hmm. that would seem to favor uh, Cooks a little bit more. That that would be my thought. I think they're both both fine players. Yeah, I'm I'm actually surprised, and Dizzle already commented on this that James Cook is going right around where James Conner is going right now, which is silly. Uh, Hudson Kern Reeve, obviously the prof agreeing with that. I'm agreeing with that as well. I'm surprised that both of them are are as depressed as far as value goes right now in draft. Speaking of which, uh, Farrell's going to ask you a question in a second, but I do want to go right back to the uh, the the YouTube chat right now. Hudson Kern Reeve wants to know, uh, Fran, has Kenneth Walker fallen too far in ADP? And obviously referring to the Zach Charbonnet pick in the second round 
of the uh, of the NFL draft. So right now, if you look at Kenneth Walker uh, over the last seven days, is uh, oh, that's Kenneth Gainwell. My apologies, Kenneth Walker going as running back fifteen at the four hundred one, right behind uh, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. He's going about. Uh, almost a full round ahead of J.K. Dobbins and Aaron Jones. Is running back 15 too low for Kenneth Walker right now, Fran? Um, personally, I don't think so. I, I think that, that that injury scares a lot of people. It scares me. And and you have to think that uh, he's going to miss some time. Um, so so I, I don't think that that's, uh, you know, I, I don't think that that's too late. I, you know, I, I could, I, I would I would agree with the ADP or, or even later, actually. Okay. My favorite running attack in Buffalo is uh, Josh Allen running the ball and Khalil Shakir coming around in. Those are, those are my two favorite <laughs> Maybe they get in the market for a running back. You know, if you're going to beat New England in that division, you better have more running backs than what yeah. they've got. That's all yeah. That's all I'm saying. When, when you know, Balky was talking about uh, Jameer Gibbs. And Balky, did you say he was going in the third round of the draft? Jameer Gibbs right now in FFPC best ball tournament drafts over the last week, running back 12 at the 307, Farrell. That would make me want to question uh, Armand Armani's uh, process. However, I know it's flawless. So I, I would. It is flawless, yes. It is, you know, the man is absolutely flawless. He's he's captured information in a bottle. He's, he's the greatest contributor to fantasy football since the FFPC. But I'm trying to figure out who's going to contribute in Detroit. And I'm a little gun shy on Jamar Gibbs. When he was drafted by Detroit, I was, I was kind of excited. And then I started looking at it. And you just say, okay, well, there's guys coming out of there and leaving that had, had key roles. But this coach seems to have an idea of getting a lot of different personalities involved in this offense. And while I believe in Gibbs, I don't believe in him that much. I don't believe I would ever want to consider him, as as, as the Dizzle was talking about, uh, uh, Connor and, and uh, Cook being together, and that was silly. I, I think Gibbs is a rookie player in this kind of offense. I think that's a little silly. And uh, while I love the player, I, I won't be spending third-round money on him. Uh, Fran, your opinion? Yeah, that's that that's probably a little early for him. Um, I took uh, DeAndre Swift uh, on a few teams last year and just – uh, broke my heart to see Jamal Williams, you know, falling into the end zone again, again and again. And and now uh, it's, I, I guess, Montgomery's there and, and you just worry that it might be a little bit of the, uh, the the same type thing. I do like Gibbs. I, you know, I, I, I think he looks like a, a, a real good player, but that does seem high uh, for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, there is a little bit, and you and Fran, you probably witnessed it straight. You're a dynasty player as well. Don't you think there's a little bit of rookie fever still going on right yeah. now? Everybody, you know, is, is still oh, yeah. you know, washing off those rookie drafts. That's me. That's me. I, I you know, we got the shiny, <laughs> shiny. I'm I'm all over the place. It, my my <laughs> you know, dynasty best ball. It's it, my fantasy football game is like my golf game. I, I'm all over the place. All it's, over the uh, place. Yeah. But I have a good time. So uh that that well, that's well, the while you're all over the place, um, Nimbalki, I don't think we have any of our questions that is coming up in the chat room. Um, uh, what about Bijan and uh, down at Atlanta with his draft position? What are we talking about there, Balky? Is he in the top two or three running backs? Yeah, he's uh, running back two right now, uh, going Incredible. off like a 10, 105 on average. Incredible. I think I'd rather have Gibbs in the third. I don't, I don't like necessarily that situation either. 
And then what a great, I, you know. It, it, Fran, Fran, is there, I mean, like, I don't know how many one-on-one picks you had, but is there something to say about, like, oh, I, I didn't have any one-on-ones in my dynasty drafts. I have no shares of Robinson. Now I'm going to start using these these early first-round picks on him in, in the FFPC best ball tournament or anything like that. Has there been any of that for you this year? Well, you know me too well, I think, already. Uh, I, I did a dynasty startup, and uh, and I, uh, I, I I made a trade from him. And, and part of the thinking was I didn't have any one-on-ones, and I didn't have any uh, B. John Robinson, so I felt I wanted to get him. And, yeah, I'm sure there's a, a little bit of that bleeding over into the uh, into the best balls and the redraft uh, as well, sure. We've been talking a lot of running backs. Let's shift over to the perimeter now and get to the receiver. CeeDee Lamb is obviously going to be a massive target monster in Dallas this year. The Cowboys went out and they added Brandon Cooks, uh, Fran, as well to that offense. Why should we or maybe should not uh, forget about Michael Gallup in this offense this season? I, I like Michael Gallup. He's been a uh... – his his ADP is. Uh, <laughs> I was drafting uh, best balls in in February and March, and he, he's going in the you know the the 18th round, and it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's like people forgot about him. I you know I think uh, I think he's a good player. I think he came, coming off that ACL last year, he wasn't the same player, and but in you know I think that's to be expected. I really think he's going to bounce back and have a good year this year, and people are, are really really sleeping on him. So. I think he's a great value uh, in later rounds, and I, I have him uh, quite a bit uh, on my teams. Michael Gallup, wide receiver 75 at the 16-11, according to the Mojo. He's lumped in with these other three receivers, Isaiah Hodgins, Van Jefferson, and Rashid Shahid. One of those guys One of those guys has an 1,100-yard receiving season on their resume. The other three do not. Going back to Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the other, and it is Michael Gallup here. Uh, go back to the YouTube chat here, guys. Uh, FFPC co-founder, The Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Does anyone have concerns about the projected slow pace of the Dallas offense? Fran, this is something that came up this past season. The Cowboys decided to move on from Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy made some um, references to Kellen Moore wanting to go, 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 go all the time, passing the football, and Mike McCarthy wants to run a little bit more. Why, what did he do this Uh oh. Oh, he'll be back. These don't last. This is known as a a Wisconsin cheese outage, and it 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 doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really ask. But I'll go ahead and ask the question. Well, Phil, I I was just going to say the cream has risen to the top here. It looks like. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we know that not to be true. But let's go ahead and answer the question because with the direction we're going in. Is in this offense, we've got a coach that says we want to slow it down. We want to we want to keep the ball. That's there's great blade plans that don't ever really work out. Yeah. But your thoughts about how the changes in Dallas might affect Lamb, might affect Gallup, might affect hey, Balky's back. Now you talk about cream rising to the top. We're only <laughs> half and half here in Kentucky. That's that's the real cream right there. Yeah. Well, go, go ahead, ahead, Fred. Uh, well, I was just going to say I, I know. Uh... I know they're talking about slowing it down, and, and, and it makes sense with the defense they have. Uh, they're going to run it more, but uh, I, I forget who I was listening to when they were talking about Dallas's pace of play. And Dallas didn't have a very fast pace of play, I, if, if I remember correctly. Uh, they didn't have uh, all that fast of play uh, as it is uh, uh, last year. So, um, you know, they may want to try and run the ball a little bit more, but as 
Farrell was alluding to. It's it's like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And it uh, looks real slow to me. Yeah. It's like a driving yeah. around in the mall parking lot behind yeah. a little old lady in a Corolla. I mean, it yeah. was slow. Yeah. Yeah. So how much slower can they go? I mean, I don't yeah, know. How, how much slower can you go? I uh I, I want to uh oh I'll tell you this right now. Farrell's gonna ask you about T. Higgins, but I'm mm. at uh teamrankings.com. They have last season um on the season, Dallas came in as the eighth. Uh, they ran the eighth most plays in the league last year. Okay. So they were still top ten, but it's okay. not like they were the breakneck pace of yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Los Angeles Chargers, which were one yeah. and two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, one and two. That's an interesting way to look at things. When you get down here to Kentucky uh, in August, and then Fran will want you to come back for the, the Super Bowl party at our at our very first Super Bowl party and draft a fellow you'll meet named Craig Campbell, wonderful player, wonderful FFPC player as well. Um, He went counter with T Higgins instead of Jamar Chase in one of the playoff. And it, it, it worked out beautifully. He was a little nervous and a little quiet and he left early. And and the reason was he needed T Higgins to outdo Chase uh, to win $75,000. And he did. And, but eventually you know, for that day, Higgins over Chase was a good idea. But I, you know, we're here 88 miles south of uh, the stadium in Cincinnati here in Louisville. And, and you know, I hear a lot of people that say, oh, I would rather have Higgins than Chase. I would rather, I would rather have that value pick in Higgins. And I wonder how you view this because Higgins to me is, is, is a lot like a, a lot of other guys without that high ceiling. He's got a wonderful floor, but without that high ceiling, he's going to catch a thousand yards. And those are good numbers. Five, six, seven touchdowns is what he's done. Uh, Yeah. Give me chase and let me go ahead and invest in chase. I see chase is an elite player. Put him in there with cup and Jefferson. I see Higgins. You can put him in the mix with 40, well, 20 other guys. Am I wrong here? Or is that the way you see it? Yeah, I think that's, that's just the way it is. If if I can get Chase, I'm taking Chase, yeah, and, that's, yeah. and that's great. But getting Higgins a couple of rounds later as a consolation prize is, it, you know, it's not too bad. But it's not. Yeah, I'm going to pass on Chase and 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 take Higgins for the value. But it's just, you know, that's that's. Bucky, the way it can is. you tell us where Higgins is going? Absolutely. Uh, Chase 103 right now as the wide receiver two. T. Higgins wide receiver 13 at the 304. So Fran's oh, right. Yeah. It is about a two full round difference between yeah. Chase and Higgins right now. Higgins going right behind Devontae Smith, right ahead of Chris Olave and DK Metcalf, fellas. Well, you know, Chase one of these days is going to get 16, 18, maybe even 20 touchdowns. You know, yeah, just yeah. Blow absolutely. Up the, entire, yeah. the entire year he could do that, and, and Higgins will be moving along. And he's going yeah. Six or seven touchdowns. I was just curious about that because there's a lot of Higgins love. There's a lot of Cincinnati love. Mark that on your uh, mark that on your friends' uh, cheat sheets when you get here. And knowing guys are going to overpay for Bengals. You too, Balky. Put that. That's right. I, oh, it's it's on my Bengals and Colts, man. Every year, overpay I, for I, Bengals. Down I there. know. I I know what to expect. Um, Cleveland. Let, let's talk about Cleveland. I've seen a lot of love, in not just Kentucky but nationwide for these, this Browns offense bouncing back this year. Now that Deshaun Watson has the normal off season, he doesn't, he doesn't have the long layoff. He obviously got some rust, shook some rust off last season. 
Um, but do you include it? First of all, number one, where do you fall on that? Do you see the Browns offense bouncing back this year? And would you include David and Joku in the, the list of Cleveland Browns? I think we lost him again. Oh, no, he's still there. He just wants you to extrapolate. <laughs> Go ahead. He's, yeah. He wanted to talk about Njoku, which I, is reasonable. I, I do like Cleveland, um, but I liked, I li- I've liked Cleveland before. They seem to have all the parts, but they just don't seem to put it all together for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So, um, But I, I, I definitely like uh, Njoku. I, I think he's got uh, – uh, you know, great potential. You know, everything's there. It's a good team, and we think they have a good quarterback. He didn't really play that well last year, but uh, hopefully he will this year. And I would think that uh, Njoku should benefit from that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I really, uh, I really like Njoku. I think he, you know, there's a lot of upside there. I think. Yeah. They've got a lot of athletes on that team that pass the eye test, and Njoku yeah. is the one that does it more than anyone. And that's it's, 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 it's a really good. It's a really good situation with that, I think. Um, another tight end that passes the eye test down in New Orleans. And uh, I was very happy to see the news. And this this tempered me about what I thought about Juwan Johnson as a tight end, although I picked him up in best ball early. Uh, before I realized that, that Foster Moreau would be moving on uh, from the Raiders. And Foster Moreau has had a health scare and his return to the field is actually in OTAs and expects to play this year, which was grand news this week. It was a good week to get some good news. Um, I'm a big Moreau fan, so I think that could temper what Johnson does. Um, these are guys that are outside your top 15 tight ends. Uh, any interest in taking a flyer uh, on these players? Because <laughs> You know, when Johnson shows up, he really shows up in the red zone. And so uh, your thoughts on these, as we look for that second or maybe even third tight end on your your redraft rosters, what do you think about this? Yeah, I'm often, uh, I often uh, wait on uh, tight end. So I was, Johnson was somebody who flashed last year and I was really kind of targeting him anyway. Mm -hmm. And I look at this news uh, about him playing the high slot. is that that's just reinforces what kind of what I already already felt. I know that uh, Moreau coming in, um, you know, maybe dampens, uh, you know, dampens the excitement a little bit. But uh, you know, if they're gonna they're gonna move him out and play him in the high slot, then uh, yeah, and really, I think that that's that's terrific. So I'm uh, I'm very high on Johnson. I I I you know, he's definitely a tight end that I target when uh, when I don't get one of the uh, you know one of the big three or so. You know, people are going to see this Julian Edelman news, and I know he's going to rise up. In fact, uh, guys, he was going at the 1108 uh, over the last seven days in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament. He's gone as high as the 1008, tight end 17. He's moved ahead of both Sam Laporta and Irv Smith. Got to believe Greg Dulcich and Tyler Higby are going to be next. We'll see how far he moves up based on people uh, maybe putting a lot of stock into this Edelman report as well. Well, would you, would you share, for those of us who are uninitiated, would you share some of this Edelman-Johnson uh, yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I don't have it right in front of me. I'll try to find the article that 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 I saw it we'll on. Just but, but basically, just... what? Oh, that now. Yeah. See, this is a key well, moment when we yeah. need it. We'll go. We'll go to Fran in Boston, well, who knows all things well, animal. Well, all, all I all I read was uh, there was just a you know really wasn't uh, an in depth thing. It just said that uh, uh, they uh, somebody had asked Johnson, and he said that he'd been studying Edelman. 
um, because he's going to be playing the high slot, and he knows that uh, David Carr likes to 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 utilize that position. Uh, who's it with the uh, with Renfro? Uh, uh, he he did quite well with. So he he thinks uh, Johnson said you know he thinks that Johnson is in a good spot. So that's uh, that's really what it was. Um, For dog lovers out there, friend, I'll say that. Uh... Edelman uh, looked like a Cocker Spaniel and played like a Great Dane. Now we have a Great Dane that maybe is beginning to try to think he's a Cocker Spaniel. You know, <laughs> these guys um, – uh, but, uh, you know, you know, uh, Edelman uh, – Edelman was a dog. I don't know if – I don't know yet if Johnson's a dog, but uh, he's got, Edelman's Edelman a dog, a and I mean that as a compliment. He, You know, he's the, a dog. The Dizzo in the message in, – in the, on the message board says Edelman is coming back. And you know what? That's that's you know it's possible anything is possible you know what a, what a fantastic player yeah yeah um basically and I apologize for my internet guys tonight but Mike Triplett from New Orleans dot football uh, who covers the Saints basically was talking with Juwan Johnson and Johnson said he's been watching. oh no you know what Bonky really needs to apologize for I'll be friend. doing and Derek Carr loves those routes uh, Edelman was one of the best at those choice routes short game routes so that's what. That's what has us excited, and obviously a point and a half for catch for tight end in the FFPC. It's uh, it's very exciting uh, to be drafting Jawan Johnson. I want to keep the conversation on the tight ends here, and we'll go into some emails here for you, Fran. John in Chicago, given that Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzuma, and Zach Kuntz are all on the Jets this year, do any of them have any kind of fantasy value catching passes from Aaron Rodgers? Thank you for the email. That's John in Chicago. Zach Kuntz is not being drafted in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament. Uh, the uh, the uh, Uzuma is not being drafted at all either. Tyler Conklin has an ADP of tight end 26 at the 15.05. You seeing any value from these Jets tight ends this year, knowing that uh, the offense should be a lot better with Aaron Rodgers, Fran? Oh, I, I absolutely. I, I, I like Tyler Conklin as a late, you know, hey, you got Aaron Rodgers over there now. I, I, I like Conklin, so for sure, he's a guy that uh, I have on a lot of my teams because you get him late. Um, and uh, I really, I really think with Rogers there, there's potential that uh, you know that he could really produce for you. So yeah, definitely, I, d- I definitely like Conklin. You know, Kuntz uh, is out of Old Dominion, guys. And if the draft had been held in the middle of last summer rather than April of this year, Kuntz would have been a first round draft pick. There was rumors about him being the number one tight end. I don't know what exactly happened to him. And maybe he didn't run well at pro day, but he ended up being a seventh round pick for the Jets. I think he'll prove to be a steal. Uh, he might be a steal in the twentieth round for us. You say no one is drafting him. I know our aforementioned pal John Anderson drafted him in mm-hmm. the basketball league. Um, you know, interesting players at that tight end position, and I think Fran points it out, bulky beautifully, is the way these teams are going to use them and, yeah. and how they're using the position, and it's. It it gives uh, it gives a great amount of strategizing as you prepare for your FFPC teams. Nothing excites me more than a perfect relative athletic score, and that is exactly what Zach Kuntz had at the combine this year—a perfect ten point. I'll see what he does in New York. I'll be very interested uh, to see that. One more email here for you, Fran. Ben in Brookville, Ohio. Hey, Fran, do you see Rashid Shahid? As anything more than a dart throw in the FFPC oh. Best Ball Tournament. Good luck in 2023. Thanks. That is Ben in Brookville, Ohio. Ben, thank you for writing in. We appreciate it. Rashid Shahid, your thoughts on him in New Orleans now knowing that 
that the Saints uh, are, are going to have Chris Olave uh, down there catching balls. And there's some pretty talented pass catchers in general in New Orleans, in addition to uh, Shahid. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I like Shahid, but I like Shahid as a dart thrower. Okay. You know. So nothing late, more, you know, nothing less. He's a late, you know, late guy. You know, you know, take a shot, take a shot on him. You know, when that's, he, that's how I see him. When he's available, Fran, the way I've looked at him is 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 he's better than all the guys around him. When he yeah. when you get to that point, he yeah. stands he stands above them. And and you know, I love his height. I love his movement. I, I you know, I love a Weber State player for God's sakes coming yeah. in and making the league. Yeah, but but Balky's right. That's Olave's team. Yeah. 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 Uh, Farrell, I, I checked to you, my friend. You have the final question for Mr. Ooh. Shinnick tonight. Fran, um, you're a positive guy. I like that about you. You're a guy that knows football, football history, and have had a passion for it for a long time. Yep. You need to get out of that room and get to the live events. Planet Hollywood first, <laughs> and then you've got to put it in. You know, Then you, you come to Kentucky and do your primer work there. Uh, but yeah, we got to get you out. We we got to get you out now. When you get here, who's the player that no matter where he's available, you don't want to be involved with it? And we can't use a guy that we previously talked about tonight. And then who is that guy that you're really looking for? That you really think that you would roster on every team? I'll tell you one of mine, and I doubt if it's yours, but I, I'm looking to get Christian Kirk on every team because I'm a big believer in this player. I like I like his attitude. I like the way he plays with the chip on his shoulder. You don't have to have statistical reasons for it. You don't have to have history. You can have a hunch, or you can tell us a long-winded, be like me, be long-winded, and tell us why you want to answer the question this way. But I'll finally quit talking and throw it to you, a guy you want and a guy you can't stand. All right. Well, I've been wor- I've been worrying about the the feral mind bender all week. So <laughs> uh, here it, and here it is. Here it is upon me. Um, you you mentioned Christian Kirk as somebody you really want, and I like him too. And he's probably part of the reason why one of the guys I would have on this list would be uh, Calvin Ridley, who I'm not really taking where he's going because uh, I just don't see um, with Kirk. And, and Ingram and, you know, some of the other weapons they have that Ridley, you know, paying off, paying off where he's going. So you, you mentioned Kirk. Ridley would be a guy I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too high on. None of them, none of these players, I would say that, uh, that I'd never draft, but they would need to fall to the right spot. And mm-hmm. depending on my roster construction, you know, Derek Henry's a guy I'm staying away from, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I wish that the Patriots just kept Jacoby Myers. I don't. I, I really don't understand understand that one. But uh, you know, those would be guys that I'm probably fading uh, a bit. Um, as for guys that that I'm trying to get on my team, um, Tua would be one that that uh, that uh, I like. Uh, particularly with I'm waiting a lot on QBs uh, because it's like a feeding frenzy this year with the, with the QBs going and, and I'm looking for somebody I'm looking for players that, you know, have the potential to maybe sneak up in there into the top five, top six uh, potential. Uh, and two, I think is a guy uh, uh, is a guy like that. I think that uh, high risk, high reward, you have the, you know, the injury concerns, um, you know, but, you know, 
Dalvin Cook had the had the concussions until he stopped having the concussions, and and hopefully Tua uh, will be be fortunate too. So he'd be somebody. He's somebody I like, and I know we can't mention uh, Gallup, but Gallup was Gallup was on my list as somebody who I was trying to uh, somebody to target because I could get him easily, so easily later in later in the drafts. Calvin Ridley too. I mean, I'm with you guys. I, I, it's not like a, he's been a target for me. Wide receiver 18. He's climbed all the way up to. This is a guy who did not yeah. play last year. Wide receiver 18, 409 behind. Uh, I, I, let me tell you who's going ahead of Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Drake London, and DeAndre yeah. Hopkins as well. Yeah, I don't. So, I, I don't. I don't get that. So it, yeah. and it isn't just Kirk because the other part of it is he hasn't played. So you know right. where is where's his head at? And and uh, yeah, so definitely. If the I, I think I will be more likely to be waving by to the Calvin Ridley hype train when it leaves the station rather than be on it this year. Again, could be the wrong decision on my part. That's just I think where I'm going to yeah. stand, and yeah. I feel pretty good about that. I felt pretty good about our conversation tonight, Fran. I yep. appreciate you coming on. We will continue to follow you on Twitter, uh, Fran Shinnick at F Shinnick on Twitter. Good luck in all your dynasty leagues, all your best ball tournament drafts. All the leagues that you have been drafting so far this, yeah. year, this year and all the drafts you continue to do, we will hopefully see you in Las Vegas and Louisville uh, yeah. shortly, man. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I had a great time here. Thank you. Wonderful. You bet. Franchinick, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate him coming on uh, the show tonight. Franchinick, a 10-time FFPC league winner at Franchinick on Twitter. We did not get a chance because I wanted to bring Fran on. I, I want to bring this up to you and uh, Farrell and and talk to you about the Cleveland running back situation. Zach Jackson, who covers the Browns for the Athletic, says that Jerome Ford appears to uh, be headed for a much larger role this season. Well, on the surface, we can all say see that. The Ernest Johnson is in, I believe, Jacksonville now. Uh, you're looking at Kareem Hunt being a free agent, still not on the team. Um, I, I look at Jerome Ford, a guy, he's one of those running backs that I drafted in my dynasty leagues last year late you know, hoping, not hoping for an injury, but in the case there was an injury, maybe Ford would be in the running back situation there. It never happened. But now this year, this is a guy who could be the handcuff to Nick Chubb. And I really like him, uh, a, a player that that is capable of, of handling the full load and not just, you know, a pass catcher, not just a banger on first and second down. Jerome Ford is going to be on a lot of my teams, given that he is the 14-12 and uh, running back 53, he's basically going off the board as team's number five running back in their drafts. Are you as high on Jerome Ford as I am? No, but I can see <laughs> I can see your point. Now, I watched this player in college, and I mm -hmm. had a lot of respect for him. He's the kid that transferred from Alabama and went to Cincinnati, right? That Jerome yep. Ford. Yes. Um, you know, he, he needs to learn how to play running back. I saw this in Cincinnati. He doesn't have patience. He didn't pick his holes. I was looking at some offensive linemen there, and he was running into them. You know, he didn't, mm -hmm. he didn't use judgment in running the ball. And I don't – I believe in the work that he's had. He, he may have learned to play the position a little better. He, he is strong. I think the best thing about him, and it, it, it's, it's, it's going to get him on the field a great deal, I think the best thing about him is he's strong. He engages in blocking. He likes to block. He's got big, strong hands. Uh, when he chip blocks and escape, he might catch some passes and run with it. Um, I don't see as rosy a path for him to be a fantasy scorer as I see for him to be a great contributory player for this football team. I think that with, uh, you know, there's a proven pass catching role on this team for another back. Are we correct in assuming that? 
Yes, I All think right. so. Then I think the kid Felton out of UCLA, who is small in stature and has done very little, been given very little opportunity here. But I think that might be the Browns player that I will take. Uh, I uh, that I think I will will put into the uh, the very late round of uh, the twentieth round and take a flyer on him. Yeah, Felton. I'm just trying to see. Yeah, he he would be like a twentieth round pick right now. Well, he's uh, virtually done nothing yeah. since he got yeah. there. But he was pretty good. He was a pretty good player in college. But you know, he fits that pass catching role, and that's you know somebody's going to have to catch four or five passes. And here, the fact is that now with the way this backfield is put together and who's there, which this may change after June 1st, but who's there? Uh, I've never said this before, but I'll say it now. Chubb is now a target for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. You know, that's that, that he's a very interesting player for me. When you take, um, uh, when you, when you take the other guy, the, uh, the what's his name? The other, this been there forever. Uh, not cook the, the, the player that the receiving Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem. When yeah. you take Kareem out of the backfield, this becomes a very interesting player. Yeah, very, very interesting as well. Uh for for I for dynasty leagues, I just made a, a trade with Dizzle uh, about a month or month and a half ago where the two main components were I was sending Rashad White to him and he sent Nick Chubb back to me. There's some draft picks involved in that as well. But it's the first time, second time, I take that back. Second time I've ever had Nick Chubb in a dynasty league. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does this year. Let's get into some emails here, Farrell. We got yeah, we got a couple of minutes. We'll probably get to a couple of emails. Um Let's start off in Goldthwaite, Texas. Rick writes, how good is Jalen Hyatt going to be in his rookie year? Thanks, guys. Appreciate you emailing in, uh, Rick. Uh, now, here's the thing I'll say about Jalen Hyatt. So I think we, Farrell, remind me, um, we talked about this guy prior to the NFL draft, right? I, I think, yeah. I feel like, okay. And I was not a fan of his. Dizzle and I have had some conversations about him. I worry about the Tennessee offense being a, a predictor and, and a, 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 of, of how good a wide receiver in that offense could be in the NFL. Um, I, I worried about his limited route tree that he ran at Tennessee. The one thing I do not doubt about him is his speed, and he's going to be able to utilize that right away. That is a team full of like third string uh, – not third string um, – like third down possession type receivers, like, um, you know, slack guys, Jameson Crowder, Paris Campbell, like the list goes on and on. And I think Hyatt does some things on that team that very few other Giants receivers do. So I do think he has a role on that team. I think I'd be much more likely to take him in best ball. I didn't take him in any dynasty drafts. I don't plan on taking him in any dynasty drafts at all. So uh, as far as what he could be in the NFL, he could be very good. I don't think he's going to be very good in 2023. I just think you're a damn genius, Balky, because Hyatt – there were places that he could have made a huge difference. And in this team, you know what? They had Tony, nothing really happened. They had Wondell Robinson, nothing really happened. Now they got Jalen. I think the only defined row on this team is Barkley. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan of the receivers that stepped up. Hodgins, uh, you know, the, the player that came out of there and moved on, uh, Richie James Jr., I think he found a nice landing spot. This is not a place – for whatever reason, that I think you want to be engaged in drafting uh, wide receivers, mainly because this ball is scored by Barkley. I love the coach. I love what he's doing in football. But it's for fantasy football wise, his quarterback threw 14 touchdowns last year, mm -hmm. and you know I think I'm right on that number. Is he going to double that? If he doubles that, he's still going to be behind the curve of what we yeah. want for a running back. I, uh, I you know, and Dizzle points this out about Hyatt too. You can't coach speed. No, you can't. And and speed is such a valuable asset in today's NFL. Farrell, as as, as you well know, um, he but can't learn. This, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. He can learn to run routes as as Dizzle. Yes, Dizzle, by 2027 he can learn. Right. To run and that, routes. that's that's my thing. It's like, how fast yeah. is he going to learn it? How fast? And he, and Dizzle already said like the, the recent news on Hyatt says that he is buried behind these other uh, receivers on the Giants. So it's 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 going to be an uphill climb. Uh, for I tell you Hyatt. what, he's in a good locker room. He's in a good locker room to learn. There's some good guys there, and there's great coaches there. So. Uh, by the end of the year, Dizzle could be right. This is the kind of guy that all of a sudden turns up late bye weeks and 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 he begins to shine. So yeah, uh, there's there's if you believe in the player, draft him because uh, you you may well be right. And that true truer words have never been spoken, not just with Jalen Hyatt, but any player. Uh, that you are drafting in the FFPC yeah. or the KFFSC. Farrell, let's put a bow on the show tonight. I appreciate you stopping by and hanging out with me for an hour talking to, to Fran Shinnick. Uh, you brought the real, very entertaining and informative, as you always are. We and tell will, uh, Chris Lambert I talked about dogs on the show. That's oh, I will. Yeah, I'll let her know. My, my goodness, this is this is going to be a, a – when we tweet – well, the show's already been tweeted out, but it will be a pinned tweet for her on the on her timeline on, on Twitter for sure. She'll be very excited about that. Um, KFFSC.com is where you want to go to register for all those Kentucky leagues, as I am doing and have done already this season. Farrell, thank you so much, dude. A happy Memorial Day to you as well. Same to you, brother. See you soon. Thank you. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. I want to thank him, Fran Chinnick, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. As I alluded to earlier at the top of the program, uh, we are off next Friday, but we are going to be doing the show early next week. It is going to be Wednesday night at 10, 9 central. So make sure you um, subscribe to the channel and get notified so you can uh, make sure that you'll be joining us live on Wednesday at 10, 9 central. Same time, just going to be a Wednesday show. In case you missed it, you can watch last night, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network on any of the FFPC social media channels, be it YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, yours truly in Dynasty League Football's Ryan McDowell chopped it up for two hours. I learned a lot about playing Dynasty League Football as uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football from Dynasty League Football's Ryan McDowell as far as uh, what you should be doing with certain veterans right now, how to handle your rookie draft, so on and so forth. Very informative two hours in. I think a little entertaining as well. Remember that you can win $1 million in the Fantasy Pros Championship when you register by uh, June 1st. You will get and a draft by June 15th. You're going to get a free $35 FFPC credit into your account. You can do that up to three times. So you get three credits. $105 right into your FFPC account, but you only have a few days left to take advantage of that. Remember, this is a million-dollar grand prize, and the entry fee is just 350 bucks. Insane? Yes. Fun? Even more so. Remember, uh, register for Dynasty Startups as well if you're looking for action there. 365 days of fantasy football, myffpc.com, 1,300-plus Dynasty Leagues. Not a single one has ever folded. You can also uh, sign up for whatever price point you want. $100 leagues, $500, uh, $1,250, all the way up to $5,000. So whatever price point, whatever your budget is, whatever the format you're looking for for Dynasty, we've got it at myffpc.com. Uh, we talked a lot about the FFPC Best Ball Tournament ADP tonight. Remember, just $125 to enter, $200,000 grand prize. So you can uh, start drafting uh, for that all weekend long as well as the Superflex FFPC Best Ball Tournament, $35 to enter there, and a $50,000 grand prize. You can plunk down $35, turn it into fifty dollars uh, America's a great country, right? Uh, that is all at myffpc.com. The biggest thing I want to hammer home tonight, uh, just basically over four days left 
for you to register for the FFPC main event early bird promotion. You can save $100 off your first team when you are registering by May 31st. That automatically enters you into the FFPC pros versus Joe's drawing. And if you are selected to be one of the 42 Joe's, you will compete uh, against 42 other pros. Uh, you will be in a 12-team league, six Joe's, six pros, whoever wins that league, boom, free 2024 FFPC main event, and you can win a million bucks in that. It's why you need, just one of the many reasons why you need to register for the FFPC main event now so you are not left out in the cold. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified anytime we go live, which will be again Wednesday night. And uh, I will tell you what's going on for the rest of the week. We're going to have a Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on Thursday uh, that week as well. So don't miss it. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you all. Uh, your holiday Memorial Day weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Before I sign off tonight, ladies and gentlemen, just want to remind you that the uh, Fantasy Pros Championship Midnight Draft is popping off in about 50 minutes. That's 5-0. We already have uh four teams in that right now these tend to, to fill late so if you want to get some drafting action in i'll be commissioning that draft tonight make sure you're registering um and playing in that maybe you can win a million bucks tonight you never know myffpc.com and then a shout out to all our servicemen service women service people uh in the armed forces and everybody who has contributed to making this country so great a, a country i love uh, that i love living in and for keeping it free i remember your sacrifices that that you made and of course the families of those people who made those sacrifices so we could have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend full of barbecuing, sports, fantasy, football, drafting, what have you. Uh, shout out to them. Um, for any veterans watching, thank you for your service. We appreciate it. And those uh, who have uh, fallen in the uh, in the face of keeping this country free, you have given everything. We are eternally grateful. Thank you so much. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, everybody. We will talk with you again on Wednesday.